Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, everyone. We have our last, but certainly not least, region in the East. Baylor, overall number one seed. Kentucky, the number two seed. And uh, I gotta say, Kentucky is the chalk pick to come out of this region. But I gotta mention a couple other squads that I don't think have nearly gotten enough shine in this region, namely being UCLA and what we now know as Indiana being in the mix. Indiana had a uh, went into playing game over Wyoming. You got UCLA who made a Final Four run here last year with the same squad uh, and Johnny Juzang uh, being in the backcourt. UCLA, very solid overall in terms of their overall team composition as a four seed, I think has been tremendously overlooked. And I do like Indiana uh, as a double-digit seed to make a run if, uh, if UCLA stumbles in any way, which works out for your alternate brackets. If you're uh, banking on seed value, uh, so to me, this region you can get a little bit more creative. I think far too many people are going to be kind of sucked into playing uh, North Carolina as a spoiler to Baylor. While yes, it, it's an eight-nine matchup between North Carolina and Marquette. I do think North Carolina. Uh, should win that opening round matchup. I'm not sold on this North Carolina squad 
uh, being good enough to take out Baylor. And truth be told, it's one of the most popular upsets that uh, folks keep picking. So in terms of getting different, I think this is a, a spot where you're actually better off uh, sticking with the chalk. So uh, let me run the numbers by you, uh, if you, if I may. Baylor ranks fourth on Kempom overall, but in terms of offensive efficiency, top 10, defensive uh, efficiency, they're in the top 15. And no real uh, areas of concern in terms of uh, weakness on the squad. The only thing you can knock them for was the non-conference strength schedule uh, once you start adjusting for how teams perform during the year, but you can't control that. Uh, you know, Baylor beat teams early in the season who didn't perform as well uh, to close out the year. And, you know, I can't really uh, begrudge them after the fact. At the time, uh, some of those wins looked pretty good on paper. Now, uh, Baylor had a solid year in the Big 12. You know, we could talk about how what highly respected Kansas and Texas Tech are on paper, but realistically, you're talking about a Baylor squad who's uh, high in the RPI rankings, high in Kempom rankings, and a North Carolina squad with a down year in the ACC in general. They're ranked 30th in Kempom. And defensively is where UNC has their struggles. This is the same issue I bring up with Duke, but UNC is even more pronounced with their inability to stop uh, baskets all over the court. I think uh, Baylor should be able to get buckets wherever they're looking for in that uh, potential matchup. And the reason why I'm I have concerns about uh, UNC is that. Yes, I think they could beat Marquette, but I don't think that Marquette game is a complete walkover either. It, you know, there is a definite route for Marquette to get there. That Marquette's got to shoot the ball well, obviously, but it's not the craziest thing in the world that UNC could drop that game uh, to Marquette if Marquette has a decent uh, day sh- uh, shoot shooting the rock uh, from beyond the arc. So to me, I don't necessarily buy into the UNC upset narrative as much as uh, others have been calling for it. Yes, UNC uh, has the talent to knock off Baylor, but they haven't shown the consistency. And you got to remember, when you're calling for an upset, it's a two day, it's a less than 24 uh It's really a 24-hour turnaround, but it's a less than 48-hour turnaround total because you're you're trying to win your game. The assistant coaches are pulling the tape on the other squad. I'm sure uh, they've already been uh, started prepping for Baylor before uh, so many uh, assistant coaches are doing the advanced scouting prep on Baylor as the rest of the team's uh, prepping for uh, Marquette. My whole area of concern if I'm UNC is I know I'm not a good defensive team as is. What are we going to learn in less than two days that's going to make us substantially better in the NCAA tournament? There's not a whole lot Huber Davis can do. So to me, 
I think the inherent flaws within UNC in general, they like to play fast and they and they'll give up buckets. And that's just the way it is. They they're gonna try to outscore you. I just don't see a, a scenario where they're going to outscore Baylor. And you know, for all uh the talk uh, that uh, you could say about I mean, you got Armando Becca and you got Brady Manic. You know, if they can be a terror on the boards, yeah, uh, you know, UNC's dangerous, but we've seen this team not be able to get there. And I'm I'm sorry, that defense is always a worry when you're in the tournament because if you can't play defense, sooner or later you're going to get blitzed by a squad that just starts shooting the ball well. And your offense is going to be stuck playing catch up. And it's not a good place to be more often than not. I'd rather take a team that can play some defense that a team that can't play any defense and needs to outscore everyone just to be relevant. So, again, I I see folks uh, pivoting towards UNC. I'm not. I don't see it. And, uh, you know, that's just the kind of way I look at it. from my perspective, uh, in terms of the five twelve matchup, Indiana uh, versus uh, St. Mary's, St. Mary's, it's an interesting uh, situation because St. Mary's hangs their hat on their defense, but the Hoosiers are one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, you know, in terms of a slugfest, uh, you know, is, is St. Mary's again top ten uh, defense is going to Kempom, and the Hoosiers were pretty much in the same boat. I, I believe I had them in the top twenty overall. I, you know, I I look at this as again depending on your bracket format, this is where you're kind of looking uh, towards for an upset, just because. You got two similar style defenses. Uh, Indiana doesn't uh, really turn the ball over, and they shoot. They shoot. Uh, they uh, get to the free throw line. That's a, a tricky spot when you're up against a team uh, where you know St. Mary's isn't one where if they fall behind they can get back into a game. So they'll they'll keep trying to play defense, but I kind of look at this as a case where if Indiana can somehow get up early enough, I think they can just uh, salt away a lead against St. Mary's and get it done. And again, with your scoring format, this is uh, where it's going to be kind of pivotal. Indiana's going to end up uh, becoming a chalkier pick because of the fact that uh, you know it's a five twelve upset, so it's not the craziest thing in the world uh, uh, to see uh, Indiana get, getting uh, uh, getting some love uh, from the general public. I, I would expect the general public, uh, when it's all said and done, you're probably going to see Indiana be a fifty fifty coin flip. Uh, in terms of uh, selections by uh, the general public. And, you know, I think that matchup in general is a coin flip. So to me, it's, 
from a value point standpoint, uh, I still like Indiana. I would think that the general public's going to start leaning uh, more towards them as as they know Indiana's uh, playing uh, in the tournament, uh, as opposed to just seeing playing game. Uh, so having that knowledge, I think folks are going to start making those selections more towards Indiana than uh, just taking St. Mary's. So again, knowing how popular five twelve upsets are with uh, uh, the general public, you're probably going to see more steam coming on Indiana. I don't think it matters. I think Indiana, again, you take that risk uh, when it's a coin flip matchup and it's a five twelve because depending on your scoring format, you're going to get those extra points from a 12 seed than you would uh, uh, technically the higher seed. So I, I think you you want to lean in that Indiana direction. And again, I like UCLA uh, in general, but it's not the craziest thing in the world if Indiana uh, knocked off UCLA either. I just think that UCLA should be the ones capable of uh, moving into the Sweet 16 and Ultimately, in this bracket, I like Baylor uh, in general, but I do think UCLA in that backcourt is good enough to cause problems uh, in in general uh, as you start looking at potential teams that can take out Baylor. I think, you know, I think the public's probably leaning towards North Carolina. I really think it's more UCLA uh, uh, in that uh, regard. And, you know, truth be told, I would think UCLA matches up better against Baylor than even Kentucky does. Kentucky's road, realistically, you're looking at uh, potential matchups against Texas, uh, Virginia Tech, or Purdue. I don't necessarily like this bottom half of the draw to uh, do much to contend against Kentucky. Obviously, you got Murray State, San Francisco as a potential second-round matchup. I don't think either squad presents uh, presents that much of a challenge for Kentucky. Purdue is a solid enough squad, but I don't necessarily think they pose enough uh, uh, multi-dimensions, if you will, to their uh, game to... uh, overcome the natural talent that Kentucky has on that roster. So to me, you know, Kentucky is very chalky, but it's not bad chalk. So again, it depends on your scoring format, how you want to prep uh, this. But I will say, though, that for this region, you know, it's pretty cut and dry. You can you can keep picking Kentucky, but I will say that if it comes down to Kentucky in an Elite Eight matchup, against Indiana, UCLA, or Baylor, I like, I, I gotta be honest, I do like the fact that uh, all three of those squads have more than a good shot at beating Kentucky. And getting different uh, in terms of your brackets, you may want to consider getting off of what will likely be uh one of the chalkiest picks in the final four in Kentucky by uh, making that pivot in the elite eight. That way you bank up your points with Kentucky and you, you actually uh, deviate from 
what uh, the normal uh, crowd pick is going to be because in terms of uh, final four picks, you're you're gonna see, you're gonna see, you're gonna see that Kentucky is most likely the fourth most popular pick amongst the public. Uh, people have Kentucky going in over Baylor, uh, so Kentucky it. It's expected Kentucky is probably going to be about somewhere between thirty-four and thirty-five percent of picks in general. Baylor is going to be under thirty, and it's not a bad idea to uh, pick uh, uh, either squad, in my opinion. But I do think that UCLA is flying under the radar again. At least we know uh, this time uh, that the talent of that squad did translate over this year, so it won't be as much of a shock. But you know, from a public perspective, I think you're probably looking at you know maybe ten ten percent of people pick UCLA to make a, a another Final Four run, and it's not the craziest thing in the world. Uh, I think uh, the models actually. Uh, lend themselves uh, pretty kindly to UCLA getting it done as a four seed. Now, again, depending on your pool, you may want to do the long shot Indiana uh, bid if you're in a very large pool where you've got, you know, two, 3,000 entries that you're trying to beat out and trying to get different. Indiana uh, being would likely be less than 1% uh, picked to make the Final Four. Not the craziest thing in the world. Now, if your bracket pool's in Indiana, obviously it's not going to be less than 1% people picking the Hoosiers to make a Final Four run. You know, it's all about context, folks. But nationally, the Hoosiers are not going to be popular. So to me, again... You can pick Kentucky to go all the way to the Elite Eight, and then you can get different by, A, going with a less chalky Baylor pick, you can, or you can go with UCLA, who I think is the dark horse in that region, or the long shot in Indiana. That way, you're at least getting different enough in the region. And, you know, it's not major differences that you are doing in this uh, region where you're calling for a ton of upsets uh, outside of Indiana, but it at least puts you in a good spot to rake in points in your, in what will likely be pretty uh, uh, true to form uh, matchups by and large uh, based off of where Vegas is leaning uh, for some of these potential matchups. So to me, that's where I would play the East uh, region. It's like, you know, kind of hold it true to form for where the odds makers would put these matchups. And then you can get different uh, once you get to the Elite Eight level. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily go too crazy about uh, doing early round upsets outside of Indiana and St. Mary's because I think that's a coin flip matchup. I think uh, uh, Indiana has more than a fair shot of winning that game. And, you know, St. Mary's can win it too, but depending on the scoring format, it makes far more sense to take the lower-seeded team if you can get the extra points out of it. So that does it 
for my thoughts in terms of uh, the regions, I would say just in terms of, again, overall thoughts of how you construct your roster for Final Four and everything else, depending on how large your pool is, you can get more creative with uh, some of these uh, Final Four selections. But more often than not, you're probably playing in a less than 100-person uh, pool. You don't need to go overboard, overthinking uh, some of the upsets earlier on. You want to get those uh, Elite Eight matchups as correct as possible. That way, your combinations should carry you the rest of the way through, and you'll box in the competition that picked a couple of upsets early, didn't get them, and, you know, the rest of the way, your picks and their picks are pretty similar, but you're ahead in point, so they can't catch up to you more than likely. So, again, ways to think about how to approach your pool. So, uh, I'm going to get out of here, uh, but I will say that in terms of the final pool selections and whatnot, I, I do think in larger pools, Houston is definitely a consideration you have to throw out there. I would also say UCLA in large pools, uh, definite consideration you can uh, lean towards. but. I I would uh, say from a game theory standpoint, uh, because of how popular Tennessee and Villanova have been getting in the South region, you know, going towards picking a winner, uh, overall winner between Arizona and Houston might not be the worst case strategy to do it. And in the Midwest, if you want to lean towards Iowa, not not a bad idea. Uh, because uh, Iowa, not terribly popular, but no one's necessarily uh, going all the way with them winning the title either in large uh, field pools. So, again, it depends on how you want to uh, play it out. But, again, my thought process is kind of getting a sense of your scoring format and also uh, getting a little bit different from the general public where you can because you don't necessarily have to nail every single pick. You just have to have strategy-wise be in the ballpark enough so that you banked in points to start blocking off the competition of what you would presume to be the uh, eventual winners of the tournament. So, anyway, that's going to do it for me. Good luck, everyone, with your brackets, and enjoy the games. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.